What is good, everybody? Yo, welcome to the Uncensored Christian Podcast, where we help real people with real problems know the real God. Hey, if you enjoy this message, share this with your friends because the gospel is not meant to be kept to ourselves. And there is a link down below if you would like to give. Your gifts really do help this podcast reach more people all around the world. I hope you enjoy this message. I'm gonna share with y'all something that I bet you a hundred bucks you did not know about me. All right, you ready? You ready? I went to culinary school. Like I, I was that dude that instead of going to like a like a welding class or anything, I was out here cooking, whipping up stuff in the kitchen. See, y'all didn't know that about me. Ooh, I got some tricks up my sleeve, huh? See, y'all didn't know that before I was whipping up sermons and messages, I was whipping up stuff in the kitchen. But I gotta be honest with you, because I'd be kind of I'd be kind of fooling myself if I wasn't honest. Um. I really was not that good. Like I was not a good chef whatsoever. I mean, I did enough work to pass my class, but I really didn't pay attention as much as I should have. So when it came to actually cooking stuff and actually preparing a meal, I was doo-doo. I was not good at all. Trust me. And it was so bad because we would have like these tests, right? So our test in culinary class was not just filling out stuff on paper, but it was actually cooking stuff. Because the class was teaching you how to cook. And that was not a bad, that was not a good thing for me. That was bad news for me because we would have these tests and we would have meals that we needed to prepare with different courses. And we would all go through into the big kitchen and we would cook stuff up, had a pantry full of food and everyone's meals, they'd be whipping up. When you would go to taste it, you'd be like, mm, this fire, like, like the meals were good. And then you got to mine and it was like, oh, nice, bro. Like, <laughs> Dang, good try, dog. Like, oh, I, I like how it looks. At least, like my my meals, my meals were not good at all. And although I would I would cook the meal and I would try my best, I never really got to know what the meal was supposed to taste like. I never got to really understand what it truly was supposed. to to take like and maybe this is why I love fast food because I can't cook and so I go and get some McDonald's and get something that tastes good real quick maybe that's why um but you know what's funny is my mom would always tell me when I was little because I I love food right I love eating food my mom would always tell me you're eating too fast you don't even get to taste it y'all mama ever tell you that you eating so fast you don't even get to taste it and i would always be like yeah whatever mom it tastes great mm, that's why i'm eating it so fast but honestly there's some truth to that because how many things do we consume in life so fast that we never get the chance to really see what's going on i mean we get rushed we we just get rushed with media and information and narratives on what we're supposed to believe and how we're supposed to feel that we don't even get a chance to just slow down and truly see what life is supposed to taste like. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. What life tastes like. And do we even truly know what life tastes like? You're probably wondering, how does life even taste? But let's get into the scripture because it's going to reveal some things about what life is supposed to taste like. I'm going to hop into Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. We read about Adam and Eve because although they were the first humans, they jacked some stuff up, right? Like, can we be real? They jacked up humanity for the rest of us. And so we're going to figure out what happened when they did this. So this was right after they ate from the tree. 
And this is God speaking. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Dang. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. Though you will eat of its grains by the sweat of your brow, will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust and to dust you will return. Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they were to reach out, take from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty uh, cherubim to the east of the garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. What life tastes like? What life tastes like? Today I want to focus on the tree of life. Because if you're like me, uh, almost everything that I've heard from the story of Adam and Eve always circles around the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree that caused humanity to fall, the tree that took us away from God's presence. That's the tree that you always hear about. And you hear all these messages about, oh, you know, the reason why they ate from the tree is because they're searching for, you know, something other than what God did. And it's our, it's our just human nature to want to sin. But I don't, I don't know about you, but I've, I've never really heard anyone focus and talk about the tree of life. I've never heard someone talk about just the tree of life and its importance. But before I get to that, you notice that based on their decisions, there was a sacrifice being made. It's really hard to see in the moment, but every decision that you make comes with a sacrifice. Because they made the decision to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They were sacrificing their life in the garden. They were sacrificing being able to live in God's full presence and being able to live a full life that God intended for them to live. But they didn't eat from the tree of life. That's what bothers me here. You would think that they would have eaten from the tree of life. I mean, it's called life. You would think, dang, if there's something that God says, yo, this is going to give you life, you'd think that you'd at least take a bite from it once, but, but they didn't. And because of that, they got kicked out from the garden. And so because they ate from the tree they were not supposed to, they sacrificed the life that God intended for them. And this is really interesting. There, there's some interesting theories to the events that happen after they get kicked out of the garden from some Bible scholars. And I want to explore that because I think it's really important and it speaks to what human nature was trying to do for forever after they got kicked out of the garden because they got kicked out. And we see in the scripture that God banished them from the garden and basically he closed the door. The doorway that was open to free life and fulfillment and God's presence was closed off and he stationed the cherubim to stay there and guard it. And then he blocked off the tree of life. And that seems brutal, right? Like, like you, like you would think if you were God, that you would have mercy on them and be like, oh man, you know, they didn't know any better. It's their, their first time messing up. I'm just going to, I'm going to forgive them. Right. And then they can come eat from the tree again. But it, God didn't do that to be brutal. If you look at it, God actually did that out of love. 
Because here they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which now means that they have knowledge of what's good and what is bad. And they now know that they can do evil things to other people so they can gain good for themselves. I mean, you see this in all humanity. People time and time again will do evil things to other people if it means that they can bring good upon themselves. And they now have this knowledge and they're now filled with sin. And that's something that a human being was never having to deal with before. And imagine if God did let them eat from the tree of life. And now they are in this state of sin and evil, and they have to stay that way for eternity. At first glance, it looks like God banishing them from the garden is cruel. But what God's doing is giving them a gift. And that sounds weird, right? Like, oh man, kicking them out of the garden and saying that they're going to die. That's terrible. But who would want to live forever in this state of sin, in the state of pain, that comes with living in this fallen world. Who would want to be subjected to that? And God's giving them a way out of that by not letting them eat from the tree, but they get kicked out of the garden. And the doorway to the garden is closed. And what we see later on is that their sons, Cain and Abel, go to make sacrifices to God. And this is what's really interesting. And this is kind of just a thought of why they might be making the sacrifice, because it never says in the scripture that God said, you need to make sacrifices to me, but but they, they go ahead and do it anyway. And the thought process and what a lot of scholars think is that maybe the reason why they were making a sacrifice is because they were hoping that the doorway back into the Garden of Eden could be reopened. They were hoping that they could make a sacrifice so they could enter back into God's presence and be right with God. I mean, isn't that the reason that we had to do sacrifices anyway? Isn't that the reason why people had to sacrifice goats and lambs so that they could that that their sins could be um, covered and forgiven and they could be in right standing with God? And the theory is that maybe Cain and Abel did that, hoping that they could be let back into the garden because they got kicked out of the garden, yes, but they were kicked out right by the garden. How painful is that? That you're having to sit there and look back at what you once had, look back at the life that you once had, and you have to live with the fact that every day you're living in the state you are now because of the sin that you committed in that garden. And we know this because why would God have to guard the Garden of Eden and put flaming swords by the tree of life if he had displaced them somewhere far, far away, halfway across the world. They're living right outside of the garden. And the sacrifice that Cain and Abel made is so that they could try and get back into the garden, see if they can get in right standing with God to try and see if they can get back to the tree of life. Maybe they're trying to get back to the tree of life because they see what they missed out on. They understand now what the tree of life could have done for them. But this is why Jesus is so important and why Jesus is so beautiful because Jesus said that he is divine and that he gives everlasting life, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So what the tree of life once was in the garden, Jesus now became that for all of humanity. And because of that, we're able to eat. That's why Jesus says at the Passover, take of this bread because you're taking from my body and drink of this cup because you're drinking from my blood. You're eating and drinking from the tree of life when you are in communion with Jesus. It's just a beautiful picture. I just wanted to point that out. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that no matter what, there's always a sacrifice to the choices that you make.
And it kind of ties into the message I preached a few weeks ago called Leave It Behind. If you haven't listened to it, you should go ahead and listen to it because it's the bomb. But what we talked about is that there's always something that you have to leave behind if you want to follow God. And we painted the picture of what happened when Jesus called the disciples because they were in the middle of casting their nets to fish because that was their job. That was their lifeline was to fish. And Jesus said, come follow me. And even though they were in the middle of what was going to bring them supply, they left it behind to follow Jesus. But what I didn't mention is that no matter what choice you make, there is always something that's going to get left behind every decision in your life. Whether it's to follow God or not, you will leave something behind. If you choose to hold on to your old way of living, you'll leave behind the new life that God wants for you. If you choose to hold on to the sadness and the pain of of the trials in life, you will leave behind the joy that God is preparing. If you choose to hold on to this mindset of bondage, that no matter what you do, there's someone or something holding you back, you're going to miss out and leave behind your opportunity for freedom. And I mention this because Adam and Eve had a choice. And in that choice, they had to leave something behind and they chose to eat from the tree. And because of that, they left behind the security and the right standing with God. But that's not the only thing they left behind. And this is the part that, you know, there's some things that you read in the Bible. Y'all ever see someone do something and you look at them and you go, what were you thinking? thinking like like y'all ever look at that if you see someone on facebook or one of your friends who's i'm really stupid and you're like what like what was going through your mind when you decided to do this this is what i feel when i look at adam and eve not because they chose to eat from the bad tree because it's just human nature for us to be curious and to want to try the things that we're not supposed to try that's the that's the very human nature and this blows my mind because you would think that it would be human nature to want to attain and work towards the very thing that we know will bring us good. Why don't we do that, right? When, when we know that there are things that will bring us good, when we know that there are things that are going to be safe steps that are tried and true, that will bring us life. For some reason, we don't pursue those things, but we go after the things that we're not supposed to have. It's like, it's like we, we have this desire to know what life tastes like, but instead we go after the flavors that we aren't supposed to have. It doesn't make sense. It blows my mind that they didn't even think to taste the tree of life. Like one bite. Like God said, hey, it's a good thing. They didn't even eat from the tree of life because if they did, they'd be immortal. So that means they didn't even, they didn't even take a sniff of the fruit and go, man, I might just want to bite into this. They didn't even do that. Look what happens. Look what happens. Look what happens. Genesis chapter two, verse eight through nine. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. Like you would, mm, you would think you'd want to taste that. And in the middle of the garden, in the middle, not on the outskirts, not, not where they got to travel for some food, but right in the middle, what did he place? He placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this is what blows my mind. How y'all going to go eat from the bad tree that, that that's going to kill you? 
when you have to walk by the tree called life. Like, like what? How you ain't going to even try and taste the tree of life? It blows my mind that they didn't even feel like they needed a snack from the tree of life. But you might be saying, but Dante, but Dante, God never said what the tree of life does. He never said it'd give them eternal life. Okay, okay. That's fair. Let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat this fruit, you will die. You're right. He didn't say what the tree of life would do. But I mean, come on. Can we can can we be real? Basic reasoning, basic deduction would tell us what? If the tree of knowledge of good and evil is going to bring me death, I wonder what the tree of life is going to bring. Like, mm, it just, it blow. I'm sorry, y'all. It just blows my mind that they didn't even eat from the tree of life. And maybe it just blows my mind because I've never heard anyone talk about the scripture this way because it's always talked about the not the tree of knowledge good and evil and how we love to chase after things that we can't have and you know deception and the the serpent but it's like they had the tree of life they had something right there it blows my mind but this is where God confronts me because a lot of a lot of the study I do I look at these people like they stupid and then God confronts me and he makes me realize that I do the same exact thing that they did because God's telling me how many life-giving resources have I given you in your life that you just up and ignored because you wanted to pursue things that would slowly take you out like think about that how many life-giving people has God put in your life that you just ignored because you wanted to go chase after the dude that was edgy How many life-giving, purposeful jobs has God placed in your path, but because it wasn't making cheddar like you thought you should be making, you wanted to go pursue something that would end up putting you in a situation where you have to let go of your morals so you can make money. Like like how many life-giving things has God placed in your life, but because you wanted to chase after something else, you missed out on the life that God has placed in your situation right in the middle of your garden. See, my struggle for years is that, like I've said, all I've heard about is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But we forget about the tree of life. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like with children, right? If all your kid hears when you're parenting them is what they can and can't do, and you don't tell them about the things that will give them life, and paint that as a picture that is more compelling than the things they can and can't do. We wonder why our kids do all of these things. We wonder why they're so rebellious because all we do is tell them what they can't have. And it's human nature that they want to pursue it. Because all we talk about is the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but we never tell them what things are in their life that will give them life, that will bring them good things. And I wonder if our problem is We focus too much on what we don't have, what we can't do, and what we can't achieve, that we end up walking right past what God intends us to have. You see, both trees were in the middle. And I think sometimes in our life, our problem is that we think that what we desire and what God wants are so far apart. We think that what we desire is in this person. But where God wants us to be and who God wants us to be with is a life away. We think that what is good 
and what we want that is bad is so far apart that there's no way that we could ever bridge that gap. But God didn't put the two trees on the opposite sides of the garden. God didn't put the tree of life far away from the tree of good and evil so that when they got tempted at the tree of good and evil, they didn't even realize what other options they had. God placed both trees in the middle. What does that mean? When they were at the tree getting tempted to eat from the tree they weren't supposed to, they had to look right past the tree of life. We got to realize that what God wants for you and where you think you want to be are not that far off. And when you are looking in a situation where you are not supposed to be, the tree that will give you life is right. Right in that situation, you just have to realize that sometimes you may be looking past it. You may not realize what God has already placed in your garden that is right next to the bad decision that you're about to make. Oh my goodness. And so the burning question still is why did they not eat from the tree of life? And like we said before, there's no excuse that they didn't know what the tree of life did. There's no excuse. They have. You know, they had a chance to know what life tasted like, like literally, right? I'm talking about what life tastes like figuratively, like, oh, getting to do good things and getting to have a great family. But they literally had a chance to taste life, like literally eat life. And it wasn't like God was keeping it hidden. Both trees were in the middle. They knew the tree of life would give life and that the other tree would give death. They knew this. Maybe it's the same reason why people cheat on their spouse. Maybe that's the maybe that's the same reason why they didn't eat from the tree of life. Maybe it's the same reason why you act like a rebel against the people that love you so much. Maybe it's the reason that you secretly watch pornography. You know, because although you have so many things in your life that you can taste, there's always that one flavor that you're not supposed to have. God put all of these trees. He said, all of these trees are going to taste delicious. They look good. They look juicy. But there was one tree that they couldn't have. Maybe, maybe that's the reason why. Maybe that's why we struggle. Because although God gives us so many things that bring us joy and happiness, there's always that one thing that we can't have. And we're willing to sacrifice the hundreds of good things that God has given us for the one thing that we can't have that will bring us death. And we'll start eating from these flavors that we're not supposed to have. And we get shocked when it leads to bad taste in our mouth. I just, I just don't know. I don't really know if that even answered the question. I don't know if that, I don't think that answered the question because reasons why, right? I guess that could be a good reason. But there's another reason I think is possible why they didn't even eat from the tree of life. You know, it's amazing the importance of who you will let in your ear. It's amazing the it's amazing the the almost the peer pressure that comes along with those who you allow to speak in your corner. When I think about this, I think of like the cartoon devil and angel. Y'all know them cartoons where someone's about, someone's this talking mess. And you got the little devil on one side like, yo, pop his mouth, bro. Pop his mouth. He's talking junk. And the other dude, he's like, no, nah, man, yo, he's having a hard day. Just be nice to him. And you got the cartoon devil and angel of yourself talking on both sides of your ear. I think the problem is 
is that the reason why we fall so often to temptation, the reason why we eat from the fruit and the flavors that we're not supposed to have is because we only allow one side to talk in our ear. We only allow one side to give us their opinion. I mean, look what happened. Looked at, look at the reason why they ate from the tree, of the tree in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the fruit from the trees of the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat, God said. You must not eat it or even touch it because if you do, you will die. You won't die, though, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Mm, mm -mm. See, they only had one person in their corner. They only had the devil chirping in their ear, misconstruing the very things that God was saying. But here's, here's what's crazy, right? Because in their moment of temptation, the only person speaking in their ear was the enemy. And you might say, well, then that's a problem with God because God wasn't in their ear. Like God wasn't saying, no, don't do this, Eve. God wasn't doing any of that. But it's not because God didn't want to. It's not because God didn't want to lead them down the right path. Notice that God wasn't there because he wasn't invited. The serpent showed up right? Because the serpent don't care. The serpent don't care if you invite him or not. Y'all notice how the enemy will try and attack you when you having a great day. The last person you would invite into your situation is the devil. But how many times has the devil tried to attack you with thoughts, with worry, with doubt that you don't have to invite the devil for the devil to come in because he don't care. But God is a gentleman. God respects your free will. So God will not enter your situation unless you invite him in but they didn't invite God in they they didn't even ask God to verify because the devil out here spewing lies but God knows that your eyes will be open if I was Eve you know if I was even this situation I'd be like hold up bro like like shut up one second snake hey yo God yo hey what's up bro uh yo I don't really know if what this dude is saying is true. Can you verify? Like, like they didn't even ask God to verify that the devil was out here lying to him. But they wanted to taste what they thought would be life that they didn't even ask the one who gave them life. They didn't even ask God into their situation. And I wonder if our problem is, is that in times of temptation, in times of struggle, in times we're getting attacked, we only have the one person chirping in our ear. We only have the enemy trying to speak evil thoughts and doubt and worry into our situation because we never ask God to get on the other side and speak life and peace and truth into our situation. I wonder if you're stressed, if you're worried, if you're contemplating suicide because all you have had Speaking into your life is the enemy telling you that you're worthless, that you can't do it, that you're not strong enough, that the world would be a better place without you. I wonder if that's why you're struggling right now, because you haven't had God on your side saying, no, you are strong. You are made in my image. I will give you peace. I will give you life. I will give you love. If only you invite me in so I can speak life into the situation that the enemy has been trying to speak death into.
Mm. They missed out on what could give them life because they did not have someone in their corner telling them to eat from the tree of life. And we have an opportunity right now to do things that give us life. But right now we're having a battle against society, against culture, because right now those two things are on our shoulder, leading us towards death, leading us to do things and believe things about other people that aren't true, leading us to fight amongst ourselves as this politics is the ultimate goal. We have society and culture telling us what is supposed to be important and what is supposed to be our priority. And we're not getting enough God on the other side of our shoulder telling us that those are lies. And I get it. I get it because we all want to know what life tastes like. We all want to know what true life tastes like. Ever since they were kicked out of the garden, humanity has been wanting to get back into God's presence to know what true life tastes like. But the problem is, is that if we foster that desire to know what life tastes like and we try and do it by our own means, And by our own ability, we will replicate the same mistake that Adam and Eve did by trying to take of something that they should not have to taste life that they thought they wanted. And that's the trap that we'll fall into. But Jesus, Jesus died so that we could taste life again. Jesus became the tree of life that was once blocked off so we could taste what love, peace, and life is supposed to taste like. And if you are sitting here today and you want to know what life tastes like, you know that you've been straying away from God and and you want to get back on track, I pray that you give your life to Jesus today, that you confess Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And if you are someone who's already Confess that God is your Lord and Savior and that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but you want to continue to taste more life. I want to pray for you too. Father God, I thank you so much for all those listening today. God, I pray that you just insert yourself into their lives. I pray that you open up our hearts to be inviting to you in your love, in your peace, in your wisdom. Because God, it's far too easy for the enemy to speak things into our situation and to try and guide us away from your love. But God, we know that you not only defeated death, but you gave us eternal life along with it. And we thank you that we get to eat from the tree of life again. Lord, we pray that you just continue to bless us, that you continue to give peace to the world in these trying times. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yo, I thank y'all so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed this message and I hope you are ready to know what life truly tastes like. I will catch y'all next week, all right? Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Peace out. Bye.